0: back, everybody, to a new episode of the Jerry Lawler Show. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Sean Reedy, joined, as always, by the person I like to call the greatest wrestler of all time. He doesn't like when I say that, so we'll pretend I didn't say that. But Jerry the King Lawler's with me. Follow us on Twitter, at Lawler Show. Follow him at Jerry Lawler. Make sure to subscribe, download, and uh, leave reviews. But, uh, Jerry, I know we're, we're starting the episode this week a little bit under protest on your part. As far as who our first guest that we're going to bring on is,
1: well, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too excited about this. I mean, this is a we uh, we missed the week last week because I was on vacation. Uh, This is what uh, Lauren has to call it because it was the first. She told me it's the first trip we've made together uh, since we've known each other, which has been almost nine years. First trip we've made together without having to um, actually be working. So uh, anyway so anyway we did we did that we did the trip to Hawaii I want to talk about that a lot of things to talk about but unfortunately our, our phone has been blowing up and I've just been under so much pressure to have Matt Riviera back on the show apparently he's got a, a, a he's been moaning and groaning ever since and this goes all the way back to January the 18th over in Little Rock Arkansas when I beat him for the Arkansas the Arkansas heavyweight championship and he's He's been moaning and crying and whining ever since. Matt, is this true? Yes, Snot, that's right.
2: Why have you not been returning my calls? Why have you not been answered? Are uh, you talking, you're asking me why I have not been returning my no, calls? No, not you. No, hang on one second. I'm asking your jabron there named Snot
0: oh, I'm why he that. hasn't
2: had me on. Well, you know. Yeah, why don't you listen? Why don't, why don't you get off your dungeon and Dragons and listen to what a real man has to say? Maybe you might become half of what I am.
0: Well, Jerry was off for a week in Hawaii, like we were talking about, and uh, I'm not sure what else has happened, but we got you here now. We're ready to address it.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, Matt, his name is Sean.
2: Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, King, I heard you were in Hawaii. You know, I saw, I actually donated a couple dollars. I saw when you came back. The Hawaii trip you took was so expensive that you came back and started
1: a GoFundMe page. Well, okay, if that's what you think, uh, I will. I will give you this: it is very expensive to go to Hawaii. <laughs> I understand it's the second most expensive city in the United States to visit, and uh, but we had a great time. Thank you, I appreciate you. I'm I'm sure you were watching on my Instagram and Lauren's Instagram and. And and on Twitter and seeing all the cool stuff that I saw, I, I know you follow me on all those uh, social media platforms.
2: Well, I'm always thinking of your best interest, King. But hey, let's get down to business. Let's talk about uh let's talk about the screw job in Momel where oh, I thought you, were talking you about come the in there. Canada. You no, you come in and you throw your weight around again. Now look, I got I've got three problems to address with you today, King. Every day I have a new problem with you specifically, but today I have three. Number one. Your buffoon Jerry Calhoun came in and counted the fall. Who wasn't even the referee for the match? Hell, he wasn't even supposed to be at ringside. He wasn't even supposed to be there.
1: What That's number one. Supposed, wait a minute. Wait. Let's. All right. Let me address each one of these as we go. How can you say Jerry Calhoun was not supposed to be there when he was a he was a, an advertised guest? He sat through a two-hour-long meet-and-greet session where he was signing autographs, uh, shaking hands, and taking pictures with all the fans. And he was there at ringside at my request. Yeah, I know at hey, your request because you called the
2: CWA officials and you begged and you pleaded. You said, look, it's it's a pretty long drive. It's going to be about two hours. I'm not sure I can do it. Uh, would you mind to book Jerry Calhoun to drive me up there? I know the whole story, King, and I know <laughs> how Jerry Calhoun was there. Oh, my gosh. And then I knew you would get him in. It's just terrible. So that's number one. Number two is when you pinned me, my arm was underneath the bottom rope. So that, I mean, look, Jerry Calhoun is supposed to be a legendary referee. How did he miss that? Uh, any body part that's under the bottom rope of the pinfall is supposed to be what? King's supposed to be broke. Now, we're in pro wrestling. We're not in sports entertainment. We're not talking about flip, flopping and fly and no common sense, no psychology. We're talking about CWA wrestling. My body part, my arm was underneath the bottom rope, and he counted the fall anyway. How do you explain that?
1: Well, you know, I didn't, uh, I, I did, I did, briefly see uh, one replay of the match and and, and it actually showed the final uh, one two three count and I don't recall seeing any body part of yours uh, underneath the rope I mean if anything you might have been might have been your lips since your mouth is so big that uh, it's it's all over the ring but I didn't see any of your leg or your arm or anything underneath the ropes let's just face it. You got beat. You, you ran your mouth about what all was going to happen. You were going to end my career. Man, do you remember all that talk about this is going to be my last match, the, coming to Arkansas to lose my lose my career and not being able to wrestle again? And and then, y- you know, you, you just got it all shoved right back in your face, and you can't stand it. You're all upset. And now, yeah, I don't know if you're going to tell the people how you've been chasing me. You've been coming over to Tennessee, which you say you hate so much. You've come over to Tennessee more than, on more than one occasion to try to, to try to get a rematch, and I even did. We, we, in Covington, Tennessee, you goaded me into making it. Uh, uh, we, we had a match in Covington, Tennessee, a benefit show up there that we do once a year for the girls' softball team there in Covington, Tennessee, and uh, I'm wrestling you, and you goaded me into putting the title at stake there in Covington, uh, and, and you lost again. And so, well, look, King, what's, what's
2: the problem? Well, you've been, I, I have it on very good accord. You've been parading that championship around since you stole it from me. You've been parading that thing around everywhere. I mean, you had that belt. You had it around your waist when you came in the building. You had it in the locker room. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen this before. You were
1: back there on and the that, opposite that, that, end of me. Lauren's Lord's, and getting, and l- Lord's you, getting a little upset at me wearing it at bed in, in bed at night. But at least, oh, I'm sure. That's, that's my, like, 172nd championship that I've won during my, uh, career, so of course I'm gonna I'm I'm proud of it. I just you know, I put it all over I put it all over Twitter and everything. I'm I've won more championship matches than anybody in the history of professional wrestling, as you like to call it, uh than anybody. So yeah, I'm I'm proud of it. I'll wear it i wear it until I don't have it anymore. Hey Snot, are you still there or are you playing Dungeons and Dragons? I'm
2: here. Hey listen, let me tell what, you what the him, king was why doing. Why are you calling him Snot? Why are you calling <laughs> him Snot? Let me, let, me tell, let me tell you what the King was doing. The King was backstage, and he was actually going up to the guys because, you know, he has all these guys bamboozled over in Tennessee and all of them scared to death of them and everything. And, and he had all these slack-jawed yokels lined up. He would go up to them, snot, and ask them to take a picture with him and the championship. That's how bad off Jerry Lawler is with this championship. I mean, it's bad. He's taking it everywhere.
0: I mean, it takes a lot of pride. Worked hard.
1: Well, uh, he remembers all those details, Sean, so well about the match there in Covington. Let me let me tell you a detail that I will bet he's pr- tried hard to forget. When this idiot came out to the ring, it, all of a sudden I look over here. He comes out of the dressing room and he's wearing one of those hospital masks, you know. And I got I got to admit, down in down in Hawaii, about half the people because Hawaii is is just there are tons of Japanese and Chinese. People, they, they, they almost own all of Hawaii now. But anyway, they they about half of the people down there were wearing those hospital masks now. Because-
2: yeah, because they have common sense, King. They're not like those nasty Tennessee people over there that snot and blow and go to Golden Corral
1: and sneeze yeah. all over the place and drop a well, spatula listen, on the listen, floor. Let me, let, me finish, let me finish my story. So all of a sudden, here comes Matt Riviera out of the back, out of his little locker room there, and he's got on one of these hospital masks. And, and everybody, I, I didn't think too much about it because, you know, it's the height of the coronavirus and everything. And all of a sudden he gets the microphone and he tells everybody there in Covington, Tennessee, he said, I'm not wearing this mask because I'm scared of the coronavirus. He said, there's no virus on Earth that could make me sick because I'm Matt Riviera. He said, I'm wearing this hospital mask because as soon as I came across the state line from Arkansas, the stench, the smell of the state of Tennessee was so horrible i had to put this on to keep from smelling you people you have such horrible bo and oh, so he insulted everybody there in the he insulted everybody there in the place and he and finally though when we get get to get the match started he had to take the hospital mask off and he put put it in his corner and then when the match was finally over and he got outside and he was lambasting the fans before he put his mask back on about how they all stunk again i secretly surreptitiously went over and I got hit that mask of his and I shoved it down inside the back of my tights without <laughs> Matt really realizing it. And I put it back where it was and that idiot grabbed the hospital mask and put it back on his face. <laughs> and you should have seen the look on his eyes when he realized oh. the smell. The <laughs> how, did that, how did that smell there for you, Matt? King, there's nothing
2: funny about the stench of hemorrhoids.
1: I thought that was I thought that was funny just then. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing funny about it. What about March the 21st? March the March 21st. The tw- I'm going to have to get yes. me a hospital mask because I'm going to have to go across the state lines. I'm going to have to go over to Arkansas. Does it smell as bad in Arkansas as you think it did here in Tennessee? Well, King, look, you better watch what you say because if you say too
2: much, you're going to come over and you're not going to sell one eight by ten, one photo op. Fans are not going to be in line to meet you if you say too much about them, but it's going to be Super Break for Championship Wrestling of Arkansas, and I cannot tell you how disappointed I am that I'm not going to get my return match that night. You're actually going to defend the championship, actually against one of my good friends, Mr. Saturday Night Michael Berry, and I uh, I wish him all the luck in the world, but at the end of the day, King, I want you and I want that championship, and I'm not going to stop at anything until I get it.
1: Well, just a little bit more about uh, what's it called, Super Break, right? That's it. Super Break, Searcy, Arkansas. What's the name of the uh, uh, arena there? It's going to be at
2: the uh, White County Fairgrounds Merchant Building in Searcy, Arkansas.
1: Okay, and uh, what time is the bell time? It's 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. Well, I should be finished with this guy probably around 10, and I'm going to be – how far is Searcy from Memphis? Oh King, it's just a couple hours.
2: So with it, well, actually, with it being two hours, listen, King, do not bring Jerry Calhoun again. Don't make him drive. I mean, make, please don't.
1: Jerry Calhoun did not drive. Dave Brown and Jerry Calhoun and I came together, and we had a driver. As a matter of fact, you know all of this. You know it well because you guys, your promotion had
2: to pay for me. That was car service. Well, look, Jerry Calhoun. When he came up, I know he was just exhausted, and I, and, and I saw him, and I have a lot of, I uh, did have a lot of respect for Jerry Calhoun, and felt bad for the guy, and I said, hey, man, what's wrong while you hit his handkerchief out, you know, dripping off his head? And he said, man, he said, King just about killed me on that drive. He said he couldn't, nothing was good enough, couldn't drive fast enough, was always, you was always trying to correct him. You're, I've heard you're a real treat to travel with, King. you got to stop at every Popeye's, and
1: nobody can drive fast enough, and, Well, that's not true, but if you you don't like my driving, stay off the sidewalk. But anyway, I'm I'm known as a very good driver. I'm, I'm a very good driver. And I didn't drive that trip. I should have driven that trip because the driver that you guys had hired for us was not a good driver at all. He didn't even stop at Popeye's. Well, about the only thing you and I agree on is the Popeye's
2: chicken sandwich being the king of the fast food chicken sandwiches. That's one thing I will agree with you on.
1: I did have one for lunch yesterday, and I may have another one today.
2: <laughs> well, it's good to know that you're in full training mode now that you're the <laughs> champion, King. But let's talk about Super Break King. Now, What is what um, What's your training regimen look like going in to defend that championship against Michael Berry? Let's not forget, he's going to have good old Kendall my good friend Doc in his corner.
1: Yeah, that's 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 what we should have talked about. The fact that all all your cornermen that you had at the match in Little Rock and still couldn't get the job done. And I hope that the, I'm sure that uh, your buddy Mister Saturday Night realizes that how many how many guys did you have out at the ring with you there in, in Little Rock? Four, I only five? had one. I had one. I had my good friend Ron Ratcatcher, who was the one I threw through the table off the
2: top rope. Well, oh, I think that was a child from the front row that you grabbed, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> think,
1: yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: Um, I know. I know. I know. I know. You get hangry, King. If you don't have your Popeyes chicken sandwich, you're liable to attack anybody. Yeah, I don't know
1: how you made it back from Hawaii. Oh my gosh, we ate so good in Hawaii. Ate like a king, did you? Absolutely, absolutely. It was some really good. The buffets—they had to install speed bumps on the one buffet that I was at. <laughs>
2: Well, King, I tell you what, there's not gonna be any speed bumps between you and I upcoming. There's some matches coming up with USA Championship Wrestling. You're gonna look at me eyeball to eyeball again. There's not gonna be more of this three stooges ha ha crap. You're not gonna parade around. You better enjoy it. You better enjoy all these discount photo ops you're giving the fans to to, to show off your championship. Uh, there's not gonna be any more of that. And you may have won a hundred and Ninety-five championships. I I believe you—you won your first one back. I believe it was from President Taft, and uh, there's not going to be any more of
1: that. (laughs) I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to go back to the original wrestling uh, president. That was best of seven falls, I believe, wasn't it? Me and Abraham
2: Lincoln. An hour and forty-five minute time limit.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know what? I just—I'm just looking on my book. You're talking about my training regimen. I've got one, two, three. I've got four matches coming up between now and uh, Searcy, Arkansas, and Super Break. Uh, and uh, here's one I want—I do not want you to show up at this. The week before, the Saturday before the Super Break, it's St. Patrick's Day. We're having our St. Patrick's Day parade down on Beale Street. And so I'm going to be driving. I'm going to be the Grand Marshal of the parade, driving my Batmobile right down Beale Street. Ooh. Leading leading the St. Patrick's Day parade. That's going to be on Saturday, the fourteenth of March. So uh, that's a week before Super Bowl. So don't come over. Don't come over to Memphis and try to interrupt the parade. Just or if you do come over, just stand on the sidelines like everybody else and wave as the king goes by. And I might throw you some candy or some some little uh, something as as we pass by.
2: Well, you know, King, I've had some really interesting negotiations with Jerry Lawler's barbecue on Bill. So. You know, you what? may have, you may be. Uh, things may change
1: pretty damn quick coming up. Well, we'll see. We'll see, Matt. I'm looking forward to Super Break. I guess I won't see you until then. Thank mm-hmm. goodness. But um, well, I may come down. To the to just, uh, stop! Stop eating! Stop crying in your food! And uh, stop being a s- stressful eater and an emotional eater. And uh, you know. I understand you had to buy an extra set of bathroom scales, one for each foot. Is that true now? Well, you know,
2: King, listen, it's a sad state of affairs when I have absolutely lost control, and I I pull into the Sonic, and I order the Supersonic Blast, and they bring it to me, and with a tear in my eye, I look at the girl, and they always say, hey, look, we know what happened, we know the injustice with Jerry Lawler and yourself, it's on me. Really? You know how much those poor girls make? I mean, they're, they're giving it to me for
1: free, oh. which I typically get a lot of things for free from women. Is it but true? I heard I Sonic heard Glass did. is not it. Is it true that you have actually have a speed pass for Sonic Restaurant? Is that true? <laughs> no, King, that's not true. Okay. Well, anyway, Matt, we're going to have to. Cut this short. I mean, you're you're, you're taking up all my podcast here today. I know, I know. You're getting hangry. You got to get down to Popeyes. Hey, hey, Snot, where do you live at?
0: I'm in Chicago.
1: This, this is great. Well, let me tell you how long you would last on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> after, that, after that last sentence, you would be gone. Hey, Snot, where do you live at?
2: <laughs> Good grief. Hey, you know what? I'll take that as a compliment
1: okay where did where where is it you live there sean chicago yeah so what's what's have you ever been
0: to memphis i have i visited once
1: oh once okay that makes sense
2: you went once and never went back that's exactly what i thought king what was what's the point make like your head and come to the point (laughs) hey if i have to explain that king something's bad wrong i think that the listeners can understand exactly what i was getting to say i was actually just looking through a file here i've got that uh that one of my good business colleagues had here. And, and, and on the tab, that says Jerry Lawler's Barbecue, and I just opened up, and it's actually the location down there on Bill. So I'm going to be taking a look at those documents today. And, oh, okay. uh, You know, it's it's, it's a very uh,
1: – it's got a busy day ahead. But, again, well, it's if you, if, you, if, if you want to buy in, there's always, uh, there's always some stock available if you want to buy in. Well – King,
2: listen. I know you've been. You're still selling pyramid schemes. I know. I hear you talking to the guys in the locker room every time I'm there. <laughs> but hey, I've got King. I've got some business to take care of. I'm going to let you before you get too hangry and and go off on our good pal Snot here. I'm going to let you go get your Popeyes chicken sandwich and and I'm going to get to work. And number one on my goal list, my short term goal list is to regain that CWA Arkansas championship. And, King, I'll see you you in Tennessee if the money's right, and I'll see you March 21st at Super Break. And if I were you, I would enjoy that championship while you've got it because you're not going to have it very long.
1: I am enjoying it. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at it right now. Beautiful little red leather around that gold belt. It's nice. All
2: right, King, I'm going to go on that note. I don't need to be tortured (laughs) any further.
1: All right. So long, Matt. Talk to you soon. Hey, have a really bad day. Okay, thanks.
0: I have to ask, what is a uh, a car ride with you, Jerry Calhoun, and Dave Brown like?
1: Was, oh, my gosh. What do you think? What, what would you imagine? It's one, I don't know. I, was, I feel like in real fun. life,
0: you're not really talking about like the stuff that I'm thinking of.
1: No, honestly, when you get in the car with Calhoun and, and Dave Brown, that's all we talk about, the good old days. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, one story after another, You know, diff, bringing up uh, different guys that aren't with us anymore, and Different things that happened to Dave on the TV show, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was a good long ride. We really enjoyed it.
0: That was great. You guys should do a show <clears throat> at your restaurant or something with you three. That'd be fun.
1: well. You know, I, I told you I have lunch every almost every Thursday with Dave Brown. We he and uh, several other people around, uh, uh, you know, different business people, dignitaries and such, such we have lunch every Thursday at a different restaurant. Couple of weeks ago, we had my barbecue restaurant out in Germantown. Um, so we, we do that almost every Thursday afternoon.
0: That is awesome. Love that uh, we're still getting plenty of Dave Brown. Uh, do you want to tell us anything about Hawaii? You got to spend a week there.
1: Oh my gosh, it was so it was so awesome. Um, heck, I don't even know where to start. I mean, you know, we tried to do it all with uh, with uh, we, we we were literally like tourists. It was Lawrence's first time ever in in Hawaii, and I hadn't been back there since the '80s. Uh, when, and I think I told this story before. I went down there, and I think it was like 1982 or something. And Leah Maivia, which was the Rock's grandmother, um, she was promoting uh, wrestling. Her husband, uh, the high chief Peter Maivia, he was the the he was like. Oh gosh! I don't even know who you would could compare him to here in the states, but he was the he was a head the to, to top dog in wrestling on the island of Hawaii forever you know he was a big samoan guy that that came in there and 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 um and he just ruled wrestling and he was promoting wrestling anyway he passed away i think in early in nineteen eighty two and his wife Leah continued on the promoting of the show and I went down there and somehow on my first trip down there. I won, I got made the Polynesian heavyweight champion. So I had to wind up going back eight straight weeks. I went down to Hawaii for eight weeks in a row. And it was a murder on the, the trip. At the, You know, it was just such a long trip. But they had, they, they were like Memphis. They had live wrestling every Friday night at the Blaisdell Arena. And by the, by the, about the sixth or seventh week, I did, um, I would take that long flight from California, get off the plane at in in Honolulu, and go straight from the airport to Blaisdell Arena, and I'd get there. The, the flight would get there at about five o'clock. The matches would start at eight. The would, matches would be over about ten thirty, and I went back to the airport, and there was a red eye flight back to California, and and so I would go down there and spend basically I'd fly all that way down there and back to spend about four hours. In 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 uh, Hawaii to just to, you know, defend my Polynesian championship.
0: That is crazy. They they really valued having you have that title,
1: I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Plowboy Fraser took Plowboy Fraser down there with me one time and he hated it. He hated the trip on the way down. There's such a long flight. He hated that. And then he hated he just didn't like being in Hawaii for some reason. And uh, we were supposed to say that this was early on and we were supposed to stay for like five days. And all of a sudden, after the second day, he calls me up and says, "Hey neighbor, I got our flights changed so we can go back early." And and because he was complaining and everything, and I was just going along with him, saying, "Yeah, this sucks down here. This is not any fun." Or anything. so all of a sudden, he called and got our flights changed, and and uh, instead of a five day trip, we did a three day trip, and 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 came back. But I, I, I you know I, I really love it. It was, it was and especially on this trip with Lauren. It I mean it. She just kept saying. She'd be looking around. we are looking at the Diamond Head, you know, there on the, on the Waikiki Beach and the beautiful surf and people surfing and the, the sand and everything. And um, she just kept saying, this really is like paradise. It is. It's just, I mean, it's a great thing. We went to luau's and, um, you know, all the stuff. We went to the Pearl Harbor. That was one. Of, that was an amazing, uh, amazing tour of Pearl Harbor. It was just, I mean, that was like um, – uh, I, it's, it's hard to explain. You really, if you ever go there, you definitely got to go to Pearl Harbor and you you go out on the uh, the Arizona Memorial and you're literally standing over the USS Arizona where I think about almost 1,200 so, sailors lost their lives when that ship was sunk. Uh, lost their lives when that ship was sunk, and you're just standing right over, and you can look down in the water and see the see the ship. Right there underneath you that it had that hasn't been moved since the, you know nineteen forty one or whatever so it's it was um it, that was just, that was a really cool part of the tour and everything down there is just so beautiful it's just it's just it's just amazing
0: sounds very nice. sounds like a nice break from the chaos of pro wrestling
1: yeah and then it, it was it was um talk about chaos we took a we took a flight we stayed as long as we could and we took a red eye flight that left at nine thirty at night from um from honolulu and we we so we got up that morning we had to check out of our hotel at about noon or something so we just had our bags all packed and put took took them down to the bellman there at the hotel and then we went out to the beach and we hung out at the beach for uh we we had lunch on the beach and then we hung out there for about four or five hours and getting some great sun it was so hot and then uh and then we came back to the back to the hotel they had a little um I don't know what they what they call it. they have just like a, a little room spa where somebody could you could come in and get a quick shower and get get dressed and everything. And so we did that. We went to the airport at about seven o'clock that night, caught a flight at nine thirty at night, and flew all the way from uh, Honolulu to Los Angeles. Got to Los Angeles at like five thirty in the morning, and then uh, we both had connections. Lauren came from there from Los Angeles. Uh, back to Memphis, and I went from Los Angeles on to Seattle and um and got to Seattle at about nine thirty in the morning, and then had to rent a car and drive up to Everett, Washington, which is about forty miles north of Seattle and then did and did Monday Night Raw in uh, everett Washington and then, as soon as the show was over, which it was over at eight o'clock there um because of the time difference at eight o'clock jumped. Ran and jumped in my car, drove back to Seattle airport, checked my bags, jumped on a plane that left at 1055 and flew all night long back to Memphis uh, from Seattle. So I had two nights in a row of of red eye flights where I didn't even I wasn't even in bed for like three days. Oh, my God.
0: I, I don't know how you guys in the industry do it. If I do like one four hour flight, I'm wiped out for a while.
1: Yeah, I was, and it's so funny on on flights like that. Usually, those red eyes coming back. On on that flight, it was a Delta flight from Seattle to Atlanta, and there were probably twenty wrestlers and 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 WWE crew members on the thing. As a matter of fact, I sat right by uh, uh, AJ Styles was on there. Uh, both the AOP guys, uh, uh, and I sat next to uh, Kurt Angle, and and he he was talking about. That's what he said to me after we got on. I said, "King, how do you do it? How do you still wrestle on a regular basis?" And I said, "I don't know. I just go out there and do it." <laughs> and he said, "He said I, I couldn't do it. He said my body hurts so bad. I did. I could not go out there and, and do like you do and, and wrestle on a regular basis like you." And I don't. I don't, I don't know how Kurt how old Kurt is, but I, I'm sure I'm older than Kurt. But um, yeah, I just said uh, he said I, I just don't I don't know how you do it.
0: Yeah, Kurt would be like mid-40s, but uh, he did an interview recently just talking about how beat up his body was, which is the case with a lot of people. There's like just some freaks like you and Ric Flair who are able to just keep taking bumps and uh, keep getting up.
1: I think you just – you have to just not think about it. I mean, yeah, I do have things that are so – especially now my knees. But I just – you know what? I just – I don't give into it. I don't think about it. I just – I mean, when I'm walking upstairs or whatever, I'm going, "Oh my God, my knees hurt!" And then, boom, that's just, that's that's all the thought I'll give it. I <laughs> just keep on going, and same thing, same way with the, you know, when you have a match, you just uh, I, I swear we talked about this not long ago. The thing that kind of I would have thought hurt me the worst was when I fell on the ice at that doing that appearance at that hockey game uh, in Des Moines, Iowa. But then, then all of a sudden, I got up from that, and I thought, "Dang it!" i'm not even hurt that's crazy you know here i am uh at my at my age doing a big slip and fall on on hard ice that's as hard as concrete and um uh, and you know didn't even faze me speaking of that i got another i got another uh hockey game appearance coming up all right careful this time yeah i got to be more careful that's gonna be when is that gonna be uh you know where it is it's in cleveland Ohio. oh okay the cleave the cleveland monsters that's and that's coming up that's uh february gosh that's a week from today as a matter, or a week from tomorrow as a matter of fact the 28th i'm going to be in cleveland ohio at the monsters hockey uh game
0: well that's fun whenever you get to go back to cleveland too bad there's no browns or indians right now
1: yeah you're right they're all going to be out and in, the indians are going to be out in arizona and then the next day i head from cleveland down to uh Richmond, Virginia. I got two days at the Galaxy Con in Richmond, Virginia. Big comic con. It's it's huge and it's a lot of fun. So I'm going to be back that on the 29th and 30th of no, uh, oh, the 29th of February. Oh, this is the this is the year we have 29 days in February. Oh, okay, good to know. So, is that, what does that mean? It's a leap year, right? Yeah.
0: Woo-hoo. you know how I used to remember what leap year was was because. Super Brawl Two was on February 29th, and I remembered the year. Wrestling does weird things for me. Let's let's move on. Um, <laughs> you talked about going to Washington for uh, Raw, uh, an eventful show. We haven't talked about the last two weeks. Uh, one major thing though that I've just been getting tons of audience emotion and just old school type of you know crowd response has been everything involving Randy Orton ever since he uh, destroyed Edge. And then Matt Hartney has been involved in the last few weeks here, and uh, it's been some intense stuff
1: it has and 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 it's um you know i i mean everybody everybody knows the situation with matt uh you know i think his his contract is up on march the first and i and I don't know if he's going to resign or you know it's kind of everything's kind of up in the air. I do know that um they had you saw what happened, Matt. He got uh, Randy jumps him, and he gives him the concerto. And then, and then this past week, uh, we were under the we were under the understanding. Or everybody was thinking that they had booked Matt back in a in a title match. Uh, not a title match. I'm still thinking about Matt Riviera. They had booked Matt back in a match against Randy Orton after getting the concerto and everything last week. And they, even when I saw the. When I saw the uh, rough draft of the show, I think, gosh, how is how is Matt going to be in any condition to do a match after what happened to him? It's almost as bad as what happened to Edge, and we haven't even heard from Edge yet. Uh, but then, sure enough, when we got there, he was in no condition. He just still had the neck brace on, but he still came out. And, and then we saw what happened to him, you know, what happened to him again, which was unfortunate. And, and I don't know if you know, but it's funny, you know, guys in the business, you notice – you notice certain things, but I, it's, it's like, and I think we may have talked about this a, a little bit once before with Matt, but I mean, still Matt, when he comes out, he got the biggest response of anybody on the show. At least it's what it sounded like to me, you know, from the crowd. And the guy is, you know, the guy's, uh, he's, he's what we call in the business. He's really over with the fans. I mean, he's, you know, he's popular. They love him. And, uh, and they, they've, been fans for such a long time with Matt that uh you know they're 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 behind him a hundred percent and they and they they love when a guy's on the show and i'm just you know I was just had been wondering why hadn't he been on the show and why hadn't he been utilized in more but anyway, when he came out this week and then of course randy uh did another number on him i did you happen to see matt's tweet after after what happened to him? You told me about that it said it started out was against every warning. I showed up at raw, you know, like I was supposed to and everything. And the first three words against every warning were all capitalized. Hmm. So if you really looked, if you really looked at the tweet, the the first three words started with a E W. And so, um, you know, and everybody's been, everybody's been, uh, talking about that and, and and so and and probably what will happen i, I doubt if he's going to sign back with with WWE and uh, you know they see, i think he's trying to let everybody know that he may be going to AEW but i'm i i i don't know uh, i don't know for sure uh, there's probably still you know still negotiations going on as to um I, I'm, I can't imagine that WWE would want to lose Matt Hardy to uh aew at this point but you know some of those guys are old buddies with some of the guys that are that are over there and and that's just the way things that's just the way things work so uh i wouldn't be surprised to see something like that happen i'd hate to see it happen but i wouldn't be surprised
0: so his A- aew tweet that's like the 2020 version of bret hart uh doing the wcw in the air after the screw job Yes, I think so. Possibly, possibly. Well, I mean, everybody knows what a fantastic talent he is and has been for the past 20 years. And uh, if that's where he ends up, he'll be a huge acquisition for them. Uh, If he ends up back with WWE, that'd be great as well. Uh, I guess only they know about that right now. The ratings came in, and uh, it was one of the highest-rated shows of the past, like, eight months.
1: Yeah, you know, I think think what has happened is more and more people are realizing from week to week that I'm back on the show? <laughs> sorry, right, what is it? No, I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Let me. Why'd you laugh?
0: I saw some. I was. I saw a funny picture online.
1: Oh, I see. So, in other words, you're you're multitasking while you're doing the show. You're looking online at uh, probably TikTok or something, right? Research. Uh, okay, I got you. <laughs> no you're right the ratings have been the ratings the last couple of weeks have been really really good. It seems like it's going up every week and uh the shows yeah it's so funny you you look on uh, you look online and just everybody is just so critical of everything and especially it's it reminds me of um the wrestling fans today remind me reminds me of the politics and the political scene in the country uh you can't be you can't like both. Uh, you know, it's it's like crazy, and and it's just everything on there that I see on there, uh, a, a lot of like when somebody, somebody will put up. Hey, here's what the raw ratings did this week, and all of a sudden the next, you know, the next twenty comments are people saying, I don't know how anybody watches that. It's unwatchable. The show sucks. Blah blah blah. blah. AEW is the best. You know, it's like, and, and nobody can just can just say wow, that was a good show, and AEW was a good show, and NXT was good, and SmackDown was good. It's like uh, the people online just want to be critical and just want to find fault in in everything. I don't I don't even know why they bother. I, I look at all these comments and I say, why the hell do you even bother watching if you know you're going to not like something as much as you sound like you don't like it? But I think that's just, I, I, you know, I think they watch every week. They watch every minute of every show, and and... and if they didn't like it they wouldn't watch it and and i think they just they watch it and they love to watch it just so they can criticize it
0: yeah and my you know i actually had the thought this week cuz i i watched raw and i enjoyed it and then i watched AEW and i enjoyed it and i said maybe there's just two well run financially successful wrestling companies in america right now you know we're not used to that cuz wcw was always kind of a mess except for when they caught fire but I mean, maybe we just got two good companies, and we don't have to fight.
1: Yeah, what's wrong with that? I mean, you know what? It's it's like the XFL. I don't know about you, but man, I've watched the two weeks of the XFL. I love it. I mean, I don't know. I've, I know very few of the guys, except I, You know, one of the things I love, I love the every match uh, or every match, every game that I've watched. I love the announcers, the commentators. They're doing a great job. They sound. I don't even know who they are. But they sound so professional. They sound so good. It's just like watching an NFL game. But, you know, all the people want to do, it seems like, is they want to say, oh, well, they will never be a threat to the uh, NFL and that sort of thing. Well, they're not trying to be a threat to the NFL. They're, they're on at a different time of the year. There is no NFL when XFL is on. You know, XFL is, is spring football. It's, some, it's football to watch when there is no NFL. They're not, they're not competing with each other. And so I I don't know why people have to use that as a way to kind of knock the XFL when it's 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 really good. It's really fun to watch. I've been, I've enjoyed the f- the first couple weeks of it.
0: I've loved it. I'm a I'm a football degenerate, I'll admit it. And uh yeah, the presentation of the games has been just like watching an NFL game and uh the quality of play has been solid. Uh um, really? there needs to be some, you know, good quarterbacking obviously to carry the league. But uh, I've enjoyed it. Everyone just enjoys on the weekend, just taking in a football game. It's just yeah, what we do else? in this country,
1: exactly. Except now it's baseball season for me. <laughs> I mean you know spring training is about to get underway, and I'm so excited for that. I did some. I've I've been hating. That's that's why I love the XFL. I I used to always hate. I mean, literally hate the time of year. And I'm, I'm just, I'll admit, I'm not a big, huge basketball fan. So when football ended, when the NFL ended, and then all the way up until the baseball season started, I was just miserable. That was just the worst time of the year for me. So now with XFL here, I, I, you know, that, that that is great. It'll take me right up to, to baseball season. I'm so excited.
0: Now, I'm a little weaker on baseball, whereas I'm more of a basketball guy. How are the Indians looking this year? Is this a good team?
1: <sighs> I'm worried. Okay. I'm worried. We lost, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, Mike Clevenger, who's our now suddenly our our star pitcher, since we traded away our two-time Cy Young Award winner Corey Kluber uh, and got nothing for him. Uh, all of a sudden, now Mike Clevenger's our our star pitcher, and just all of a sudden, just like a throwaway tweet the other day said, "Oh, uh, we want to welcome a new player." Um, oh, Gosh. A, a, Anyway, we got, a, we got a new player, and we said, we want to welcome him to the team. And by the way, Mike Clevenger just had to have knee surgery, and he's going to be out for six to eight weeks. And just like as a throwaway at the end of the tweet, and I went, what? Our star pitcher, our number one ace, is going to be out for eight weeks oh, from knee surgery? And so I, I don't know how, how it's going to be. You never can tell till, uh, you know, till the season starts.
0: Who's the favorite in that division? Is it the Twins?
1: Well, they, the Twins won it last year, so I guess they would still be. Uh, I guess they would probably be favored again this year. Okay. It's not, a, you know, it's that's one good thing. Not a real strong division. Twins just came out of nowhere to win it last year with all that crazy hitting, and uh, then I think they may have lost a player or two. So it, it's 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 going to be. It's it's always a good division to watch. Anybody could win, you know.
0: And we're not going go to go too baseball here, but I got to ask you: Have you been catching up with this uh, Astros thing and how crazy? Oh. it is?
1: Yes, of course I have. Oh my gosh! You know, I think in 2017 the Astros beat the Indians on the way to you know out of the in the playoffs. Oh, and right. so uh, yeah, so you know everybody like Cleveland. I mean, every team, the the Yankees, every team that they beat on their way to the championship, everybody should be upset. I know, and I'm, I'm upset. I don't think that I don't think that they've done enough. I don't know if you want to say punishment or whatever. I really think that they should vacate the world championship that they won. I mean, because that's just that's that's just flat out then they admitted it and they come out and apologize and all that kind of stuff, but good grief.
0: And then Rob uh, Manfred comes out and says, Oh, what am I gonna do? Take their piece of metal? It's like the, yeah. The commission it's called the Commissioner's Some Trophy.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: A little PR training people.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: Oh, that was rough. So uh, yeah, crazy things going on in baseball We'll follow the Indians on this show A uh, couple other notes here WrestleMania is going Hollywood again As it did back in 2005 Heading out to that brand new uh, It's supposed to be just a massive entertainment complex In Los Angeles
1: Oh my gosh, the new stadium that they're opening Out there for the Ram- uh, for the for Yeah, for the Rams It's, it's going to be amazing And and the, and the Raiders are going to play there as well no, where, where are the Raiders going?
0: No, the Raiders are in Vegas, which is, Vegas. Uh, I hope, the next year's mania, because I will be attending that one. But, uh, no, it's the uh, Rams and Chargers.
1: Yeah, Rams and Chargers. That's it. And and uh, they say that this stadium is, you know, there for a while. Uh, the Dallas, when Dallas uh, Jerry Jones opened up that new stadium down there in Dallas, it was a state of the art. It was nothing like it. And they say this stadium out in L.A. is going to put that one to shame. So uh, and, and, and now WrestleMania is going to be one of the first events in that new stadium, which is uh, which is exciting as well, so it should be great.
0: You know, I got a brother that lives in L.A. I could I could find a, a couch.
1: Yeah, Lauren and I were actually on our way to Hawaii, or last week, of course, a week before last. Actually, Raw was in on the outskirts of L.A. It was in Ontario, uh, Canada. So Canada, it was in odd times thinking about Canada because, you know, you know, raw nicks this coming Monday is in Canada. It's in Winnipeg. Oh, you and love I just,
0: cities like that this time. Of year.
1: Oh, yeah. I love it because I just looked just before we started the uh, uh, podcast here. I looked and last night in Winnipeg, it was eight degrees below zero. Oh, my God. And so, yeah, that's why they always book raw in the dead of winter in Winnipeg, Canada. I just don't get it. But it. But anyway, two weeks ago we were in Ontario, California, and so Lauren and I went out early. We love it. we love to go to L.A. and we love to go to uh, Hollywood. So we went out and spent a couple of days in in Hollywood. We were actually on Hollywood, um, right there at Hollywood and Vine, the night of the uh, Oscars. I mean, we were okay. we were walking up and down Hollywood Boulevard as the, all the limousines were pulling in and all the stars were getting out to go into the the theater there. On, on Hollywood Boulevard for for the um, Oscars, and we could hear people yelling and screaming at them as they, you know, when they recognized somebody that got out of the cars for the for the show and everything. But uh, yeah, we we really like it out there, and that, that's going to be an exciting time to to for for WrestleMania.
0: Absolutely, that's going to be awesome. Perfect location for it.
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to this year's WrestleMania. I love it when it's in Florida. I love WrestleMania when it's in floor, any part of Florida, Miami, Tampa, wherever. But this year it's in uh, Orlando, anywhere. But this year in, in Tampa, that's going to be a, a fun time down there.
0: You know, I've tried to been uh, talking my dad into it because really, where all of this crazy wrestling fandom started was him going to that Fort Homer Hesterly in Tampa back yeah. in the '60s. He was oh a God. huge Florida territory fan with Eddie Graham. Eddie Graham loved uh, like Joe Scarpa and uh, Johnny Valentine and all those guys. So I'm like, come on, Dad, let's just do a, a tribute to, to where it all began because I think uh, Evolve is running at the old armory where you know oh, the Dusty had his big run and everything. So, yeah, yeah Tampa, tons of wrestling history and uh, should be easy to get around, which is always a huge advantage for WrestleMania compared to like a New York. So looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, well, that'd be good. I'm 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 really looking forward to it as well.
0: And then you uh have a trip coming up this week, uh WWE related.
1: I do. Um Tell us about this. Well, as a matter of fact, it is uh, the trip is coming up is this I'm I'm leaving a little bit later on this afternoon so that I can be up in Stanford kind of flying up to LaGuardia and then they'll pick me up, take me up to Stanford. And then tomorrow morning I'll be at the WWE Studios. I'm doing it's my first time. I'm excited about this. Uh, I'm going to be doing some voiceovers for the show that you may be familiar with on the WWE Network, Storytime. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that? I am. Well, uh, you know, if you, if you have watched it in the past, it's been, it's been hosted by Mean Gene Okerlund, who, of course, is the, Mean Gene was the greatest of all time, but uh, has passed away now. And, and so they asked me if I would come up and be the new host of story time. So I'm excited. I'm excited about that. I, I was talking to him just the other day about, um, you know, how they do the, the show is mostly animated, but there's a little bit of live action as well. But um, I, and I said, well, how, how do you guys do that? Do they do the animation first? And then, because I I know when we were back, when we were doing the movie man on the moon, there were some certain scenes where we, we had to go back in and do what they call looping. In other words, you're, you're watching something on a, you walk into the big studio and there you're watching a big screen, just like a big movie screen, but you're just standing down in front of it and you have a microphone and you have to re-say your lines and try to match your lines with your mouth that, you know, that they're, um, you know, with the, with the movements of your mouth when you were originally saying the lines that, that weren't mic'd. And that's all looping, and we had to do a lot of that for. If and it's so funny now. When whenever you're in a movie or you do something like that, it 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 kind of takes away from when you go as a fan to watch another movie. You're always watching for things like that. I especially am watching for scenes where you know that that they did looping, and you just try to see is you just try to see that little bit of difference in the mouth movement and what they're actually saying. But so I was I was asking them. Do you guys do the, do uh, do the voiceover first, uh, and then you guys do the animation to match the the words that I'm saying, or do you have the animation done and I got to try to match the movement of the of the you know the cartoon characters? And so uh, I found out that it's I, thank goodness I get to do the voiceover first, and then they have they have the hard work of matching the animation to the uh, voiceover. So it makes it, it it makes it easier for me, tougher for the artists and the animators. But uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing doing that tomorrow to be my first time to get to do uh, uh, anything with that show. And, and uh, they sent me a they sent me a, I'd seen it a few times on the, the network, but they sent me several uh, different shows to watch, you know, just to see what it's going to be like. And it's, it's it should be really exciting.
0: Well, that's cool. Are you going to be able to tell stories or just be the host?
1: Well, that, that's what uh, I, I'm specifically uh, supposed to be the host, but uh, they said they're going we're gonna have free reign, and they said it's we just want you to have fun, and if you want to, if you want to you know expand on stories, and they said pretty much Gene, they they would have lines written out for him, and he would just pretty much read the lines, and uh, that because that's just the way he wanted to do it, and they said but with you there's going to be no. Uh, you know, no specific script that you have to stick to, and he said it can be a little more uh, risque and maybe some little e- even sexual content if you oh, want. No. And so, yeah, so they're they're going to kind of give me free reign on the thing. So it should be it should be fun. I don't, so I, by that, when them telling me that, I don't even know what to expect myself. So it should be uh, it should be interesting.
0: All right. So now we'll hop into some. Uh Quick questions here before we finish up for the week. Thanks to everybody who sent them in to at Lawler Show on Twitter. We like to do this whenever we can. Um, All right, we got got to start with our super fan, Panini Jantine, because it's a fair question.
1: I I already saw a question, and this is going to fit right into what we were talking about earlier with Matt, right?
0: It says you never worked out at the gym. You've said that, but you're still in the same shape after all these years. How can you do that?
1: Yeah, well, I read her tweet. I read her tweet online and she she said, You're still in the same shape after all these years and that's my line usually after when somebody tells me that and I'll say, Yeah, I guess round is a shape, so that I am in the same shape that I've always been. You know, I if, if I was never uh everybody that's ever seen anything in my career. I was never a bodybuilder. I was never the, you know, uh, certainly Back in the day, uh, never tried steroids or anything. My body has just always sort of looked the same. I've, I've and, and people don't believe it when I tell them, but no, I've never, never been to the gym, never worked out at all, and. um I used to. So I used to say to everybody, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm lifting weights every night of the week. You know, I'll potty slam somebody three or four times, or I'll pick somebody up for a 250 pound guy up for a pile driver. So I'm I'm doing some weightlifting every night when I'm wrestling, and uh, and I always I always looked at it that that was enough of a workout. But now, of course, I don't wrestle on that on that uh, that regular of a basis as I did back in the past. So I. I, I I don't. Even, I don't know if I have a, a a good answer as to why I'm able to stay in shape. I don't just. I just. Um, uh, I don't know. I kind of. I, I kind of get up and I look in the mirror and I still look the same every day. And so uh, I, I don't. I don't know how it happens, but I'm sure one of these days. My, I know my mother used to always say uh when she would see somebody getting old and oh she hadn't seen them in a long time and then all of a sudden they looked a lot older than they did last time she would she would use the term she said oh they broke they they just they finally broke and uh so i'm sure that one of these days i'll look in the mirror and go oh I'm, I'm i'm broke i broke and uh you just probably you know I, I don't know i guess something will happen to your body to where it just uh uh really it gets becomes sad looking but I, and and you know what i may there may be fans out there that are looking at me and saying king you just don't realize it you just don't see it you are already broken but um uh, uh so far i'm still able to get in the ring and 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 do um uh it's funny downtown bruno and i were talking last night on the phone about um about being able to still go out and have matches and he said he said he said well king you work smart you know, you don't you don't have to go out there and, and and flip and flop and fly, as Matt said earlier in the show. He said, You work smart. He said you you take bumps here and there, but you know, you, you're able to tell a story in a match and make it entertaining without having to do moonsaults and all of this kind of stuff. So um that that's that's probably the main reason for my success. Um I'm, I'm able to have an entertaining uh and um Tell a story in a match without having to do uh, all those crazy things that would shorten somebody's career.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, but you took some crazy abuse back in the day. I mean, Joe LaDuke slamming you over the top rope onto a table, and just the general style of Memphis. You uh, you you put yourself through a lot.
1: Oh yeah, you know what? When I when I first started I, for that style in Memphis uh, back in back in the day when when the territory. We're used to guys like Don and Al Green, which were two, you know, two big old rough and tumble uh, brawling type guys that were, you know, 270 pounds each. And then uh, you had the Von Brauners, which these two big, big, uh, tall, big uh, monstrous German wrestlers that uh, uh, were just uh, brawlers. And, and and that's sort of the way it was back then. As a matter of fact, when Jim White and I came in, and I started taking, we were so young and everything, and I started coming off the top rope and flying over the top rope out onto, like you said, landing on tables and everything, all of these guys went to, to the promoter and said, they started complaining about me and Jim White, they said, oh, these guys are like two circus acrobats, you know, that's the, the, the people don't want to see that, but I didn't know if people wanted to see it, but I know one thing, the the top the top guys like Jerry Jarrett and Jackie Fargo and Tojo Yamamoto, they wanted to work with us because, you know, we'd take the big bumps for them and it made them look better rather than, you know, going out there with two, uh, you know, big old guys like the the Von Brauners or whatever. that were just going to overpower them and get them down and hold them in a hole or something like that uh they all of a sudden they see two guys like me and Jim White flying all over the place and 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 that's who they wanted to that's who they wanted to work with so that's how we got put into the spot that we were because Jerry Jarrett was the you know he was the booker he was the promoter and everything and and um he would rather work with two guys that were going to uh, let him throw him over the top rope than than two guys that were going to just grab a headlock and hold him down on the floor for 15 minutes
0: that's interesting that uh, all those years ago they were calling you a circus acrobat because there's a lot of talk online nowadays about how you know people like me are getting a little older and we're starting to say that the new young guys are a bunch of acrobats and I guess it's kind of a circle of life thing the thing the industry Oh my is, is god changing. That,
1: yeah that's that's what they were saying about me 50 years ago <laughs> 50 years ago so you know now by that it's been going on forever I don't know if I, I don't know if you saw it but I saw there was a clip of a match that's, that's been going around on Twitter the last few days of um, a match between Luthez and and Buddy Rogers. Did you have to see any of that?
0: I think I did see that.
1: Oh, my gosh. And it's like what, what some amazing bumps and what a great match that was. And I worked, uh, I'll never forget, you know, one of my big matches. I worked with Luthez and Pat O'Connor. Uh, in a tag match. Me and Jim White were with Luthez and Pat O'Connor and the special referee was um oh god, god, Jersey Joe Walcott. I don't know if you ever heard that name, but he used to be the world heavyweight boxing champion right after Joe Lewis. And uh and he had gone it was the end of his career and he was going around refereeing wrestling matches. And so here's me and Jim White, a couple of just young guys in our twenties. And we're working against Pat O'Connor and Luthez in Memphis, and I'll never forget after the match that, that Jersey Joe Walcott said, "Hey kid, it looked like when you were coming in there to stomp on um, mm-hmm. to stomp on Luthez, it, it looked like you were stomping on a keg of dynamite." Yes, I guess I must have. I was worried about uh, hurting him or anything, you know. So I just yeah. probably barely kicked him, in. and he said, "It looked like you were kicking a keg on dynamite." And I said, "That's because that's what I thought I was kicking." <laughs> so I, I didn't want to have him blow up on me, you know. But yeah, I mean, back in the day, Luthez and and uh, this Buddy Rogers match. I mean, it would have been. I think JBL had mentioned it. He he watched it. Yeah, I saw his tweet about it. And he said, you know, that, that wouldn't even have gotten two stars from these people that rate matches today. But it was really a classic. It was really a good, a good match um, that, that, these, that these guys had. And this was, that match was probably maybe 55 or 60 years ago. But it would still hold up today. It was so good.
0: Whenever I see uh, Buddy Rogers stuff, which there's not a ton of, he seems like he was awesome. Uh, He seems like he was really the state of the art back in the day
1: Yeah, you know I I always, I I didn't really Get to see any of his matches either because He never really came down to the uh, Down south or to Memphis or anything Excuse me, but I I Always uh, mention him because He was Andy Kaufman's Favorite wrestler, and when he was Uh working Up in the northeast Andy was just a little kid, and he Told me, he, he said, man, I would Watch this nature boy, Buddy Rogers and he said, I could tell, and he, he said, even as a kid when I'm watching on TV, I could tell that he was intentionally trying to make people hate him or just not like him. And he said, but it made me really like him even more. And he said, that's, that's what I always try to do in my, my shtick, basically, as, you know, once he got into show business, he, he enjoyed making people not like him but he wanted to do it in a way where the people could under, could realize that he was trying to make them uncomfortable and that sort of thing. And so, and then that, that made them like him. And so that, that Andy Kaufman's whole personality, his whole philosophy behind show business, he got from watching nature boy, buddy Rogers.
0: There you go. That's classic. Um, Next question here. This is an interesting (coughs) one to me. If you could compete in a pay-per-view today, uh who would be the opponent out of the current guys that you would choose to have a match with who who do you think you'd have good chemistry with
1: oh gosh um without a doubt the miz uh miz would be uh, excellent to work with uh yeah and, and you know after after we did the little thing on uh, uh, a while back on on monday night raw when before I was back doing the hosting, I just came on for the guest appearance. Bray Wyatt came to me afterwards and he said, King, I would love to work with you down in Memphis. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 I, you know, and I just thought back then what, what matches I could have had, you know, cause he was the perfect kind of a, uh, heel that we would bring in in Memphis, you know, the big scary monster type where the, that was bigger than life. And, and that's the kind of people that I love to work with and have matches with. I would love to, you know, um, uh, have, a, have a match with Bray Wyatt or the Fiend either, either way. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think probably because we did it and we had that match, you know, um, uh, a few years ago on, on raw, but me and the Miz, I think our, our, he could, he could, uh, adapt to my style, uh um, probably more easy than, than anybody else that I could think of. But Tommy, I mean, you know, gosh, I've had I've had matches. I was looking back the other day and I had matches with Randy Orton and John Cena and some of some even our our friend Panini put up uh she said Jerry Lawler has had three matches with John Cena and I'm one of the only people that John Cena never beat. You can hold that over him. Yeah, right. <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I, That's one of the things I always prided myself on was being able to work with just about anybody, no matter what their style was. I um, you know,
0: The idea of you and Bray and Memphis just gives me chills. That would have been epic.
1: Yeah, that would that would have been awesome. That would be great. But then I would, I like I said, with the Miz, the the, the match we had, the the table ladders and chairs match or whatever it was for the title, or maybe it's just the ladders match. I'm not sure.
0: No, it was uh, TLC when Michael Cole TLC. screwed you.
1: Yeah, exactly yeah that that uh, that match I, I just enjoyed that match so so much and uh, I thought that he the Miz was so easy to work with and he actually he he actually uh, signed, signed something to me one time uh, I got his autograph or something and he said thanks for carrying me in that match and I thought, oh my god, yeah right <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah so he's 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 been one of my favorites for a long time.
0: All right so let's have one last question here. Uh, the question is what was it like to face Andre the Giant and I would add in just any other stories you have about Andre or uh, you know backstage stuff or anything tell us about Andre
1: Oh my gosh Andre was awesome um you know we we, we down in Tennessee if I think I talked about this on the on the Andre special the fact that uh, you know Andre of course was uh the senior Vince McMahon's uh he was a showpiece i mean he was the he was the main guy but he was such a featured attraction that you couldn't you couldn't have andre on your show every week because it would it would just take away from the fact of him being of such a special attraction so in in order to keep andre busy uh vince vince would send him out all over the country to the different territories and as i mentioned once before i think at one time there were like 32 different Territories around the country, and what Vince would do would he would send Andre out for a week to these different territories, um, and, and, and then at home a- absence makes the heart grow fonder. The people be missing him up in the New York territory, and then he'd go down for several weeks to different territories, and then boom, a month later he would come back to Vince, and then uh, he's fresh again, and people were waiting for him, you know, but so we got to, we we got Andre at probably once maybe sometimes twice a year is all we would get Andre in our territory and so um it, it was a big special deal to have Andre come in and then you usually you know, he he would work with the uh, with naturally be put in some sort of match with the top guy t- tag match or that sort of thing but um the the best thing was one time when we we had him in for a week and I got to work with him all around the territory louisville evansville memphis and, and all of the different cities in just in single matches and so uh he he was just he was just such an unbelievably nice guy and and it, it, when i look back on it it amazes me that how because his life was so difficult. I mean, just people can't imagine the size. I mean, just how him getting around the hotels rooms that were, you know, everything was just too too small for the poor guy. And it's just made his life. It had to be miserable. Uh, Can you imagine sleeping on a bed when you're almost eight feet tall and you're sleeping on a bed that's maybe six and a half feet long and, and, and and, and trying to get in a car. I do remember, You know, when he would, they'd fly into your territory, he'd fly into the territory, and then uh, somebody would be designated as to have to drive him around to all the towns that week. And you had to, you know, you had to get to whoever had the biggest car, and then. Poor Andre would have to squeeze into the you know the front seat or the back seat. However, he would ha- have to do. And you, uh, I remember he, somebody who he was riding with somebody in front of me, and I'm behind, and the car is like tilted over, you know, as they were driving down the the highway because Andre was just so big. Shane Russell and,
0: told me a story about Lance having to drive him around and like he had a truck or something, and Andre broke his front seat.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that was what I was going to say. I mean the guys everybody loved andre but at the same time you didn't want to get stuck with him because it would like you said it was going to do some damage to your car the seat was going to get broken or your shock absorbers were going to get shot or something was going to happen you know so uh, but working with him, working with andre was just uh it, it it depended on if andre liked you or not and and he didn't like everybody uh, but f- I was real fortunate in the fact that he he uh, obviously or apparently liked me and enjoyed working with me and um, uh, he, he would call everybody boss everybody was boss because he didn't want to i don 't think he wanted to have to try to remember everybody 's names of who he was going to meet as he was going around the country so everybody was boss and there a boss you know a boss what do you, what do you want to do tonight, boss and uh, he he was just so easygoing and he didn't want you know he would just sit alone in his dressing room until right up till match time and then he'd get up and he'd lumber out to the ring and 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 then boom the bell would ring and here you go and um he was just a you know it was to me I always loved to work with guys that were bigger than me of course Andre was always the biggest guy that I ever worked with but uh you, you know you talk about back in that time I I was like, I was doing the acrobatic stuff and I would just have him, you know, just have him throwing me all over the place. And, and, and of course, Andre liked that kind of match as well, you know, because it was just making him look like Superman. So, uh, uh, I, I I always really loved working with Andre. Then after the matches, you know, most guys would get, it was kind of a known thing back then. A guy would have a, after his match, you go get in your car and you have a six-pack of beer. Nobody would get drunk or anything, but you'd have, like, the, the, somebody, everybody would buy themselves a six-pack. I didn't. I was the only one that they didn't drink. But I just remember that everybody would get a six-pack, but Andre would have a case. He would, every night after his matches, he would drink 24 cans of beer. And you know, to most people, you would just say, oh my gosh, I would have, it's impossible. You'd be wasted. But to Andre, when you looked at a can of beer in his hand, it looked like a little toy, something like a, a, I mean, you know, his hand was so big. And so it just, that's just that, that, I guess, a, a case of beer was like a six pack to, to uh, Andre. But, uh, yeah, the, working with him. And then, of course, the one time, and I've told this story before, but uh, the one time that Andre, he, you know, he couldn't get beat. You didn't, nobody beat Andre the giant. Uh, but he did with us, they did allow, uh, me to do a count out with him in Louisville one night, uh, to where it, I, I guess I had Sam Bass. I think Sam Bass was, um, uh, in my corner. And, uh, anyway, we did the deal where we both Andre threw me out of the ring and he comes out, we're fighting out on the floor. And then, uh, he did something to me and I staggered back and fell back into the ring at the referees on like the count of eight. And as Andre was starting to crawl back into the ring, he was, of course, up strong, I think underneath the ring, Sam grabbed his foot and held him to where he couldn't get back in the ring and he got counted out. So technically I won the match. And so then, um uh, of course, the, you know, back in the day our, our, um, our main, the main way of getting anything known about Memphis wrestling around the world was from Bill Apter and his magazines, his wrestling magazine, Pro Wrestling Illustrator, whatever it was back in the day. Uh, and, and I would send Bill, the reason we got publicity, because he, he was always looking for, for different uh, pictures and, and footage and stuff from around the territories. So every week we'd send Bill a bunch of pictures of our matches. And so this one particular week, there were some great pictures that I think Jim Cornette took um, there around the ring in Louisville. And it showed the big size size difference between me and Andre. And I would tell Bill what happened in the match. And so so he calls me up after he gets the pictures. And Bill says, man, the, the size difference between you and Andre is so prevalent. It looks so great in these pictures. He said, would you mind, would it make you mad if I referred to you as a midget? And he said but because of what I want to do he said I want to make I want to tell the story of what happened but I want us the headline to read The Night a Midget Beat Andre the Giant. Mm. And so I said no Bill that's fine whatever you want to do. So that was the that was the lead story. The, it wasn't the it was on the cover of the magazine that this big headline The Night a Midget Beat Andre the Giant. And so the story came out and then of course when you open it up it said it talked about the size Difference between the two of us, and then it told the story of the match, and then somehow that magazine got back to Vince McMahon Sr. and we were Jerry Jarrett and I. The next week we're going out to Las Vegas for the first time ever. We're attending the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, promoters' convention, which they had once a year in Las, in uh, in Las Vegas. And Jerry Jarrett and I got to go to it for the first time that year because we were the, you know, we were the new promoters there in Memphis. So we're sitting there in the in the this meeting, and all of a sudden, all these promoters from, uh, you know, from Sam Munchnick from St. Louis and uh, Eddie Graham from down in Florida and all the all the big time promoters, the Crocketts from over in the Carolinas, they're all sitting there talking about. I'll never forget they're talking about. This cable TV is coming in and it's going to be a scary thing. It could put us all out of business and everything. And all of a sudden, Vince McMahon Sr. stands up and said, forget about cable TV. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with the business. This is what hurts the business. And all of a sudden he holds up this magazine and that says the cover of it says the night a midget beats Andre the Giant. And he says, This is the stuff that's killing the business. He said, my big attraction, Andre the Giant, has never been beaten by anybody. But then they put stories like this in the magazine that says he's beaten by a midget. And man, I was going, oh my God. And I was trying to slink down underneath my chair, right? I was thinking, oh Lord, what if he, I hope he doesn't know it's me, right? And so I'm just, I'm just ducking down and he's talking about how, how bad publicity like that is for the business, talking to all the promoters there. And I think Terry Funk was in the back and he sees me. Uh, it's you know trying to hide behind the chairs and everything. So Terry and his, his ribbing ways, of course, Vince is up there. Vince Senior is raising Cain about this, and all of a sudden Terry Funk says, "Well, Vince, who was the little bastard?" <laughs> <laughs> and I turned around, I look at him, I said, "You bet!" Oh my god! And he starts laughing, right? And so anyway, uh, that was like, that was like my most embarrassing moment uh involving andre the giant and of course whenever he, whenever he came back uh, after that you didn't even ask the uh what the finish was you knew andre was going to go over some kind of way but i i mean he was he was a great guy i loved loved i always loved working with him and uh, he was one of my all-time favorites and my he, because of him he's in one of my all-time favorite movies is prince's bride there you go uh, and just just because of andre it's, it's just so so good and, and if you haven't seen uh, if you haven't seen that Andre the Giant documentary or special about him, uh, it is really worth seeing. It's really, really good.
0: All right. There you go. Classic stuff. Classic stories. King, I think we made up for uh, missing the show last week.
1: Well, uh, I hope so. And uh, we should be back on schedule now. Uh, we, we, we got a lot of things coming up in the, in the near future. Breaking news left and right. Uh, I can't wait to get to... Raw this coming week in Winnipeg, Canada, where it's eight degrees or eight degrees below zero. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure there'll be a lot of good stories coming out of Frozen, the great frozen north that I used to call Bizarro Land. <laughs> we'll see what that's like.
0: Uh, if the crowd's out of order, bring that back up. That was a classic.
1: Yeah, uh, don't worry. <laughs> I think I will.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. We got plenty in this week. Thanks for your time, and we'll be talking next week.
1: Very good. Thank you.